record. There we go. So welcome to Tribal Council Chat. We have a really exciting episode today, Boos and I. Um, as you probably see, we have our first guest who has played the game of Survivor. Yes. Boos, do you want to go ahead with our intro? Yeah, so Todd Herzog played in what my opinion and Brett... Oh, gosh, I just lost it. Here it is. Sorry. Played what is, in both of our opinions, one of the most underrated games, as well as one of the best games ever played on Survivor. He played on Survivor China, which, if you can see my phone case here, is my favorite <laughs> season. Starting on the Fei Long tribe. And very quickly on day one, tribe mate Jean Robert pegged him as a strategic threat and said he was deciding to let Todd be the schemer, I believe is how he phrased it. Todd would form a day one alliance with tribe mate Amanda Kimmel. The two of them would align early with Aaron Riceberger and kind of put him in the tribe leadership position and would also quickly bring Courtney Yates into the fold. The three of them, Todd, Amanda, and Courtney, would prove to be a dominant alliance throughout the season. When a tribe swap saw Jean Hu claim Aaron and James from Fei Long, and also saw Jean Hu swiftly throw a challenge to get rid of Aaron, Todd masterminded a plan to not only get James one idol, but both tribe idols. And at merge, Todd not only led Fei Long in eventually dismantling Jean Hu one by one, but also played a key role in the blind side of Jean Robert and James, even sending James home with both idols. Todd would make it to final three alongside Amanda and Courtney, and by then his strategic and at times conniving game seems to have earned the ire of the jury, based on what we saw from the edit. But Todd put up what me and Brett have both called the best final tribal performance of all time and earned the jury votes to win in a 4-2-1 vote. We are thrilled to welcome Todd Herzog to Tribal Council Chat. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming. I am excited to be here. How are you guys doing today? Good. Really well. So, A lot better now that there's not five feet of snow falling from the sky. Oh, oh yeah. God. Where yeah. are you guys at? I'm in St. Louis. He's in Ottawa. Oh, okay. So, yeah, lots of snow. <laughs> yeah. So kind of leading off with some of the questions we have about China, what was it about your first impressions with Amanda and Courtney that kind of you identified them as people you wanted to align with and play the game with? Okay, so Courtney, I um, I wasn't drawn to align with her at first. It was like day six or seven. Okay. Because um, at first she, I thought she was just someone who complained a lot. Um, which she did, but, um, it was day six or seven where I was like, you know what? She's funny. And uh -huh. she is like, she has so much life experience. And so like, I really had started to get to know her and, and hear her stories and what she's done. And like, I mean, she went and lived out in Africa for like a year. And oh, wow. Yeah, she's she studies like infectious diseases and parasites and just like such random things that I would never have guessed, like by judging by what she looks like. Um, and so that's when I was like, OK, I actually really enjoy Courtney because she is completely different than what you would think. Um, and then Amanda was very 
game savvy. Like I knew that she had watched the game. I knew that she was here to play, um, but she was also not much of a talker. And so I was like, this is kind of perfect because if I do a lot of the talking, but we do a lot of the planning together, we yeah. could really connect. Well, that worked out well. Yeah. That is so smart. Thank you. Yeah. And so, Brett, did you have a, a, the next question? Yeah. Um, so, what were your thoughts on how we saw a tribe swap be done in your season of Survivor China and how that was different than every other season? Yeah. In the, the fact that tribes were like essentially that. able to take players from the opposing tribe onto their camp and leave them in a bad situation. Mm. I mean, I think it fit with the theme of Survivor China. It was really funny because like both, you know, Jean Hu had no idea that they were kidnapping two people and then we were kidnapping two people. They thought they just got to take two of them. And huh. if you remember, they were like, oh my gosh, we're going to have the numbers and they're not. So they just assumed that they got James and Eric and we, or James and Aaron and we wouldn't have anybody. And I was like, what a stupid thing to think. <laughs> but in the art of war, it talks about kidnapping your enemy. And okay. so that the fact sense, that man. it played into the theme of China um, and the kidnapping part, it worked. Okay, uh, so I didn't realize that. I always thought it was weird because it kind of incentivizes a tribe like Jean Hu to throw a challenge the way they did. But knowing that it ties into the art of war makes total sense now. Yeah, it, it, they, there was a whole insert that we had received with uh, the tree mail that talked about how in the art of war, it goes about, um, you know, strategy and kidnapping someone from the opposite tribe, but then not only kidnapping them, that's when you get strategic and are you using them as a hostage, which is basically what Aaron was, you know, yeah. he was being used as a hostage and in their mind, it was disposable at that time. So it really tied into the theme of our season. I don't think it would work in a lot of seasons. Just the fact that it was part of Art of War yeah. makes It's really so interesting that you bring that up in this episode. Because last week we just did an episode on survivor locations. And one of the things we talked about in your season in Korong in Africa was how well they did integrating the local culture into the season. Yeah, And that was one of my favorite parts about Old School Survivor was yeah. that that the location was almost like another cast member. So like you got to experience these crazy things like going um, the volcanoes that they got to go to in, you know, um, Vanuatu and uh, Redemption Island is like Nicaragua. So it's like you got to see and experience these different cultures, um, the ruins in Cambodia. And then of course, Great Wall of China. And like that was a such a cool part of Survivor, in my opinion, that I miss. Yeah. And even with the challenges, too, I was going to bring these out later, but I have my Amanda pop figure you made me, and it's, you did yeah. it with the final immunity challenge with stacking the dishes. Yes. Which felt very integrated into the scene also. So Absolutely. I mean, like we had the, the ninja, the Chinese star challenge where you threw oh, the ninja. And we had the drums where you bounce the ball on the drums. And it was as yeah. if we were in the, the, you know, terracotta warrior army where you are banging the drums, announcing that you're there. Everything tied into the theme of China, which was so yeah. cool. Battering ramp through the doors. It was all art of war, all Chinese. It was very cool. So 
before we move on to the next question, a thought just occurred to my mind. Aaron kind of got voted out because, in part because of the weird swap. If the swap doesn't happen, how like how far do you think he possibly could have gone into the game? Um, so me and Amanda had discussed it. We were planning on not letting him get past eight. <laughs> yeah, that's probably smart. Yeah. So in the intro we wrote, we mentioned the blind side of Jean Robert and of James. Can yes. you kind of walk us through those? Where did those each of those plans start out at? So, um, okay. Right before Jean Robert was blindsided, is like who was right before Jean Robert? Um, Jamie. So I was talking to Amanda and I said, look, we need to get rid of James now. We need to get rid of him while the idols are in play. Even though, so me and James had a plan to share the idols that wasn't ever put on TV. Oh, but wow. I wanted to play the game without idols because I knew that was just way too many different scenarios. So I had talked to Amanda and I came up with the original plan to blindside James. Oh, wow. No, she was like, absolutely not. Not right now. Yeah. Well, John Robert then came to me after we voted out Jamie and he wanted to blindside James. And that's when I was like, no, he can't be coming up with these plans. We can't have him coming up with these plans. So I turned it around on John Robert. So right after I had that conversation with Jean Robert, I went and told James. And so James was obviously furious because that was his best friend out there. Like they were close. Yeah. And so we got rid of Jean Robert that night. Well, I kind of, I, I saw how much it pissed at Amanda off when I originally said I wanted to blindside James because she was pretty close to him. Yeah. So um, I tried to plant little seeds of like how dangerous he is. Until she then felt like she was coming up with the plan to blindside him so that it wasn't me pressuring her. Because as long as you can keep everybody happy and not, like in your alliance, then and yeah. you're not pushing the buttons. So as soon as she was ready, we were all ready. Yeah. And funny that you mentioned how upset she originally got at wanting to blindside him because they would go on to play two more seasons together very closely and both of them so well that really bond good stuck. do what like, they were really close and so yeah. i understand why she didn't want to blindside yeah. him but um they're one right. of my favorite bonds just because they played across all three seasons together exactly yeah and so the, one of the last things we have for this section about China was I think we both kind of wanted to talk about Final Tribal a little bit because that's something you're kind of known for with your game. Uh-huh. So, Brett, did you have any specific questions for this section? So, essentially, I guess my question on this was I found, like Bruce said in the intro, I kind of coined that phrase on this podcast is that you had the best Final Tribal Council of all time. For sure. Um, did you kind of strategically think to go into that and make a revolutionary final tribal council? Was there any thoughts behind it going in with the U2 allies, or did it just come across naturally at on day 39? So, okay, as a super fan, anybody who like like is a diehard survivor fan, I think kind of secretly plans what they would say in a final tribal council. Yeah. So like as a kid, you know, like as my teenage years and my early twenties, I was like, 
like if I make it to the final three one day, this is the idea that I'm going to go with. And I knew I was going to go in and say, there's only 16 of us. One of us can win. This is a game and that our relations are the relationships that we built are real. But any move I made in the game was not. So I had that idea. But what I find with myself is if I plan something and I like try to, you know, make bullet points or whatever, um, I am not I don't do as well as if I'm just going with the flow. So as soon as we got to the final travel council area and we were like getting our microphones on and we were all getting ready to go in to go and actually do it. Uh, so like we hang out in this big tent while we put our mics like in our buffs or whatever. Um, and you're not allowed to talk, but this day they were like, okay, there's not going to be any strategy or anything. So you guys can just laugh and joke and do whatever you want. So me and Courtney were singing and we were laughing hysterically and amanda she was getting kind of frustrated because she was trying to plan what she was going to say and i think personally that's where amanda's downfall was was because she was overthinking the situation Makes it's sense. one of those things you don't know how people are going to react you don't know what yeah. they're going to say um and so if you if you go in with a plan and the plan isn't going according to what they want and you can't adapt then you're in trouble so i think that's why me and courtney had a pretty decent final travel council and amanda's was stumbling a bit um yeah and the same thing kind of happens the next season in micro is she plays a really amazing game and struggles at final tribal exactly and it's so unfortunate because she plays so well she's such a great player yeah um she just has a hard time at that last minute pressure is what i think yeah so going into final tribal, like how confident were you feeling? Did you feel like you all three kind of had an even shot? Did you feel like you had? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I 100% was like, you know what, going into this. So I thought going in, I was like, it's going to be me or Amanda who wins. After tribal council, I was like, well, Courtney just won. I thought I was second place and I thought Amanda was third. So until the votes were read live, I truly thought I was second place. But before the Tribal Council, I thought it was going to be a close battle between me and Amanda. And I'd love to give you props for your game, too, while we're here at Final Tribal, because we did player profiles last, a player profiles episode last offseason, and I was talking about your game. And part of your, what um, is great about your Final Tribal is just kind of knowing what each person needed to hear, like, they make a big deal at the reunion about exact saying exactly what Jean Robert needed to hear to get his vote. And you get so much credit for being strategic, but to me, that's also a great testament to your social game and the bonds you developed with everyone is knowing exactly what someone like Jean Robert would need to Thank hear. This, this is one thing, the, the bit of advice that I will give to any single person who wants to go play the game of Survivor. If you go out there and you don't get to know the people you're playing the game with, you will yeah. not win. Yeah. So the main thing is, I don't care if you like them or not. If you don't like them, you have to try. You need to get to know who these people are. Otherwise, they are not going to have any reason to write your name down for a million dollars. So Absolutely. when I go, when I went out there, I made sure to talk to everybody, to ask them genuine questions about what they like to do in their regular life, who they are as a person, what makes them unique and what makes them them. That way, 
when I was being asked questions, I knew how I should respond because I knew these people. Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. And I mentioned to my mom yesterday that we were having you on and she made a really good point too, that you're, you're known as a very strategic player. And a lot of times when w players are known as being so great strategically, it involves flipping or betraying or like, I just finished watching all stars, which is a very strategic Rob season. Yeah. But him betraying people every three seconds you were in she my mom made a good point you were incredibly strategic but you didn't need to do the backstabbing and the betraying you made it to the end with the same people you aligned with early on which like, which is part of underrated underrated to me because i mean it doesn't happen it doesn't happen often i think um with you know survivor now so many people are looking at a resume and to yeah. them the resume means that you have to do some sort of big flashy move. Now, yeah. I do believe that moves are important. Yeah. So like you have to make moves, you have to be, you know, strategic and stuff. So the way I look at the, you know, my big moves was I was actually really close friends with Frosty, but I had to get rid of him. Yeah. Um, I'm really close with James and I helped organize that blind side. Yeah. Um, but my main alliance was Amanda and Courtney. Yeah. And I made a promise to them, but I, and I never promised anybody else the final three. Like I only yeah. promised. And so that's what I was going to do. And also you mentioned Frosty. I love the scene where you and Amanda are finding the idol at Faye long camp and Frosty just awkwardly sees the whole thing. <laughs> it's yeah. so funny. I, uh, you know, it's so hard to describe that because you had to be there. I remember finding out, like figuring out exactly what it was. And I had just told Amanda and Frosty climbed up there and he was about to tear that whole thing apart. <laughs> he, he was because he was like, I'm going to get up there and finish this off because we were using it as firewood because it burned really well. Oh, that's interesting. And that's why yeah. he was up. There. So he was ready to tear the whole thing apart. That's and incredible. So people, People are like, you weren't patient and you just ran up and did it. And I'm like, I ran up and did it because he was about to find it. That's amazing. I love how large the idols are, too, compared to the little necklaces we get wrapped up in packages now. This big. It was oh freaking so kind of leading into our next section, which is kind of survivor related questions, but more on the fan side than the player side. Before we get into that, Brett, you had a Canada connection you wanted to bring up. Online while preparing for this, that Utah have a family connection to my old hometown of Scarborough. I was just wondering if you ever had any experience there, any ever spent any time there. Oh yeah, <clears throat> that's where my family lives. Um, so my my mom is from Scarborough. Um, so she to the University of Toronto at Scarborough for my first year of school. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So like all of her her sisters and her brother. And then my cousins all live in Scarborough. That's so, awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> so as kind of this super fan, are the what are some of your favorite Survivor seasons? Obviously, other than China, because th that's the one you were on. But um, So I have a weird um, love for Survivor Amazon. I always, like growing up, I had a fascination with the Amazon. And so yeah, I think watching the season being played in the Amazon was really awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, let's see, there's, there's so many. 
I same with Guatemala, like loved the like travel council idea yeah. of being like actual ancient ruin. Um, I loved heroes versus villains. Um, I loved how wrong I loved Cambodia. Um, gosh, there's so many that I like yeah. truly, truly liked. I really liked 44, but I loved like David versus Goliath was a lot of fun. Um, Blood versus water was fun. Like, there's just yeah, I like so many seasons for different reasons, but I love a season that has a good theme. Yeah. So, to me, like I like I said earlier, you know, when it when it has a good theme, I get really involved into like the culture and like the way that it's all being incorporated because to me that's how Survivor originated was like a yeah. huge world traveling experience. And your season was one of the best at that, I'd say. Absolutely. China no and doubt. probably Africa. Yeah. And then what else? Like, oh, there were just some absolutely insane, like Gabon, who they like, they lived in the freaking run by giant actual creatures, you know? Yeah. They so legitimately <laughs> saw an elephant at camp one day. Yeah. Like, that's just wild to me. You mentioned yeah, Heroes yeah, versus Villains. Did I? Did I read somewhere that the hat Courtney wore on Heroes versus Villains was your hat from China? Yes. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah, she uh she called me of course and she's like Todd, they want me back. And I was like, "Well, you have to go." And she was like, "I don't know if I can play this game without you." And I said, "Yes, you can." And she was like, "What can I bring of yours to tie like to give me the motivation?" I was like, "I'll send you my hat." And she was like, "The hat?" You're not. That's amazing. Yeah. And she she was great on Heroes versus Villains. I love the her and Sandra duo. The rice and beans. So what are some of your other favorite reality shows you enjoy watching? I love Big Brother. I, I love it. I think yeah. it's so much. I watch Amazing Race and I, for the most oh. part, really like it. Um, I love Traitors. Have Peacock. you seen the new season? The first, it's so good. Yes, so good. Um, so I would say those are my reality shows, those four. Nice. Would you play any of those other games besides Survivor? Like, what What would you want to play the most? I'd play any of those ones, yes. I'd so love I to see you as a trader. Yeah, I would love it. I would absolutely love to play traders because I feel like the biggest difference between traders and other games is it's so much paranoia but it's all in the mind. And I really feel like I'd be good at it. Yeah. Suri was very good at it. And I don't follow Big Brother, but it seems like she was good at that too from what I saw on Twitter. I disagree that she was good at it. I feel like she was just in a very safe spot. Yeah. On each other. Um, well, she wasn't bad at it. Yeah. So, but she was great. Fans will see a player they like and just hype them up like crazy is probably what I'm seeing on Twitter a lot, but I know she made it far, so good for her. Like, she played Traders flawlessly. Oh, yeah. So, Incredible. I don't know if anybody can ever play a game better than that. Um, I'm excited to see Parv do it. Yes, I hope she does well because, oof. Like, so far, I'm loving this season. I'm loving yeah. it. Let's see. Who is someone on Survivor that you've watched play Survivor that you would love a chance to get to play with. I mean, there's a whole bunch that I would love to play with. I mean, I would love to play 
free. I think that'd be fun. I would love to play with Sandra. Um, I would love to play with, I think it'd be fun to play with like coach and Boston Rob just to see what it would be like, because I feel like it'd be such an odd pairing, Oh, um, yeah. you know, like so random. Um, I'd love to play with Shane, um, Rob Sesternino, uh, man, who else? I'm trying to think of someone who is like really Omer from one Yeah. of the Oh, recent yeah. seasons. He'd I love be the great. way that worked. Um, I don't know. There's like literally a whole, Like, literally, I could go through and say like, yes, yes, yes to so many of them. yeah. Um, Spencer Bledsoe, I loved the way his game was always played. I thought he was um, frantic yet strategic and it was just so much fun to watch. So and the and chaos cast like I think those two would be a blast. Spencer saying Cass had 0% chance of winning is still hilarious to me when I see it. It's so good. <laughs> That's someone right there. Like his okay, he plays an amazing game, but it's Yeah. the social part that was lacking. Which I just, I finished rewatching All-Stars last night and that's robbed that entire season. Such a good game and just zero jury management or social at all. Exactly. And he still was one vote short. So if he had just had even a tiny bit of that. Exactly. So. Um, Brett, did you have anything you wanted to ask? Um, yeah. Uh, last question that we have here. Um, Bruce, if you have anything after, by all means. But um, how would you rate your winning game, Todd, amongst other of the best games ever played? I think that's really hard um, to Yeah. because I think anybody who who wins has their own reasons for winning. Um, I do think, like I was the first super fan to ever win the game, Yeah. uh, and so like that's kind of I did you know back in the day I don't know if you remember Survivor sucks. A little bit. It was like. It was like the the place to hang out online for Survivor fans. Okay. And so I'm in those message boards and like that's what I did. So I was that that super fan that kind of like lingered in like the message boards. And so when I got to play, I went with the idea of like, I'm going to do this for all of the other people who are also on those message boards and I'm going to do it right. Because, you know, we had people like Brian Cordigan who we wanted so bad to get to go far because he was a super fan. And then like Rob C, like who was the first super fan. Um, Yeah. and it's, so I went out there with the idea of I'm going to be the first super, super fan to actually win. Because like Yeah. at that point in my life, I could have told you the boot order of every single season. I could have told you everybody's luxury item, where they were from, what their occupation was. Like I knew Survivor inside and out. So like Yeah. I, a, like a psychotic, crazy super fan. And I just wanted to show the other super fans that you can do it. Um, so I think that's like, the cool thing about my game now if you watch other people's final travel councils it's very clear who uses my speech because they Yeah. say almost the same thing and just t tweak it a little bit so that to me is an honor because they'll say Oh, yeah. like you know the relationships we made in this game are real i'm like oh i wonder where you heard that before <laughs> you Yeah. know so i don't know i i think everybody's game has value for different reasons And...
because you mentioned the super fanness, how much did you love in the 45 finale when they were trying to find the challenge advantage and Jake is associating the numbers with the winners of that survivor season in his head? Amazing. It was my favorite thing. I, I loved like, it so much. Exactly how I was. That'd that be exactly me. how I was. Like, it's here's the fun little fact was when Tremel shows up, right? A uh, producer comes to like camp and says like, Tremel, so that we know to go look. And so um, I would always guess. I'd be like, it's going to be for this. And they'd be like, who are you? That's what amazing. are you talking about? Because like I could guess what the reward would be or what we could expect as far as like the challenge goes or like what type of thing would be happening because they were always so weirded out how I knew exactly what to expect as far as the timeline goes. Um, so I thought That's that was amazing. That and just the last thing I have, have you ever been con like, have they ever even contacted you to return? Yeah. Would so you I've go been, back? Contacted three different times, just asking if I was interested in playing again. And I've said yes each time. Um, and it just hasn't happened. So the the answer is yes, I would go play again, no questions. But I'm also okay if I don't. Yeah, I would have so, loved to have had. And I started watching at Ghost Island, so like kind of during the pandemic after Winners at War was when I watched every season. But looking back, having you on Winners at War would have been so much fun. Oh, I would have loved to. I think I think it could have been a very different game. Um, it would have been a little bit more old school, new school balance. Um, yeah, instead of getting uh, what we got, which was the old school people all going early. Which was really, really unfortunate. You know, and like, this is the only thing that I say is like, I don't, I don't sit around and like, wait for yeah. a call to back anymore. When I was younger, like through my, or like, shortly after my season, I was like, I need to go play again. I need to go play again. Instead of um, just being super grateful that I did go play and I'm batting a thousand. Yeah. Um but I would go play. If they asked, I would say yes in a heartbeat. Granted, it's been 16 years. I'm almost 40. Like, it's been a long time. You know, yeah. I was 22 years old. So, but I would still go do it. I'd give yeah. it my best and see if I could. At least you got to watch Amanda and Courtney and James, your friends, exactly. all come back multiple times. Exactly. And I've rooted for them every time they go back, including PG. Oh, I forgot. P yeah, PG did come back for 31. That slipped my mind somehow. But... Yeah. I mean, she was early out, which was sad, but... I yeah, mean, every the bracelet time, thing was uh, really weird. Yeah. But, but yeah, I would do it again. And I would, you know, I would go play Traders or Big Brother or Amazing Race in a heartbeat, too. I'd love to see you on any of those shows. Or oh, hopefully yeah. they do a Legends season at Survivor 50 and I get you on my screen <laughs> then, but... That would be wild. That would be absolutely yeah. wild. So... I have my pops you made here with me, Kelly Wentworth and Amanda Kimball. Did you want a chance to advertise for your pops business a little bit? Absolutely. So um, when the pandemic hit several years ago, I started getting creative and I created a little business called Todd's Pop Shop, where I literally make custom Funko Pops. So this one is going to be, um, she's almost done, but it's Parvati from Cook Islands. Oh, nice. The hat's a uh, nice touch. I forget about that hat. Yeah, it's like, uh, I forgot about it completely, too. So, yeah, like, I, I can build little things. So, like, this is going to be the backdrop for um, Survivor Guatemala. No, that's so cool. So, yeah, um, you can reach me um, on Instagram, Todd's Pop Shop. 
um, or Todd's Pop Shop at gmail.com or on Facebook, Todd Herzog. And order your own little custom pop. Yeah. And for those of you listening or watching that follow us on our socials, I will post pictures of these so you guys can get a better view. But they're awesome. Todd, thank you so much for joining us. This has been such a blast. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. You guys are awesome. No problem. This was amazing. I'm glad I could be here. I'm glad I made it. I'm sorry I was late. (laughs) That's okay. All right. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. Bye, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Todd. Thank you, Todd.